Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of Prime Sports World of College ba Basketball Madness, presented by Prime Sports World. I told you guys I was going to come back with the national championship review, and uh, yeah, this was a pretty dominant game. But before I start, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast now, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Um, as we go live seven days a week, 24-7, bringing the heat, ladies and gentlemen, here at Prime Sports World. Um, and in case you missed this live feed, you can catch us here on um, all streaming platforms where podcasts can be heard. That's Apple Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you're looking for more fan interaction with our um, NBA Supreme and NFL Supreme Facebook plays, go ahead, uh, go ahead and like those groups if you're looking to get that content as well and uh, share anything that you want. But, uh, yeah, what a game here um, for UConn and San Diego State. Uh, well, really wasn't a game. Well, I would like to say this. I was kind of right when I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I did the preview about two hours ago, about an hour, get two hours ago. I said this would kind of happen. I thought it would be a little close, but it looked like the game was – it seemed like the game was kind of out of – out of – you know, it, it it wasn't kind of it wasn't even close. San Diego State made a run there late in the second half to bring it to five, but it still just didn't seem like it was just it was like UConn was just running away with it. It just seemed like UConn was just in complete control of the whole entire game um, from start to finish. Pretty much, I think San Diego State had a four early four point lead, and then once they gave it up, it was just all she wrote from there. Um, they went on a, a small um, patch, like I said, a small patch. Welcome to the show. It's TJ Hopkins here. What's going on, TJ? Yeah, and they went on a small patch. Sorry, with TJ come back, coming to the show. They went on a small patch there where they, they just kind of went scoreless in the first half, and that's kind of all she wrote. Once UConn took the lead, second half, they were just in complete control. San Diego State Yo. shot, uh, UConn shot 35% from three, which kind of shocked me a little bit because San Diego State is the best three-point defense in the nation, um, only allowing teams to shoot 17%, under 20% all season from the three-point range. They shot 35% from three, but it really wasn't that. I said the key to the game was they had to out-rebound uh, Sonogo, Newton, you know, those guys down low, and they just couldn't do that. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you perfectly. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, I watched the game. It was just straight dominance from from start to finish. Uh, like I said, San Diego State, we talked about it in the group chat. San Diego State, the closest they got was five. And then I think Jalen, I think Hawkins came down to hit that three to make it back up to eight. And it's just like, yeah, no, not today. Like, y'all ain't finna walk us down like y'all did. Everybody else, no. I just don't understand why. SDSU was trying to steadily post up Sanago. Like, he's bigger than y'all. He's stronger than y'all. You're not backing him down. You're not moving him. He's a brick wall. He's I a mean, brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, look, man, even the, from Tristan Newton, they got from the guard play, from the shooting guard, they got 19 and 10. I was, I was saying that their guards can rebound. Caravan's a big dude. He got five and five. Klingon's a big dude, another seven footer. He, he had he came off the bench. He was tall. He was he was hurting them with their size. And uh, you're exactly right, man. And, and that's the problem is that San Diego State in the Mountain West Conference and some of the other teams they face in like FAU, like some of the other teams that they face, they, they 
if you look at it, they face like Creighton, they face FAU to get here. Like teams that don't have that big size, like UConn, that hurt them. They don't see that a lot in the Mountain West Conference. No, because in those situations, San Diego State, they were the physical team. Right. All right. So when you got a team that can not just match your physicality, but outclass your physicality, then you don't know what to do. Exactly. And and another thing is, is that San Diego State is the team that isn't they have three guards. They have Tramel, they got Butler, they got um uh Bradley, but those guys aren't particularly good particularly uh, good three-point shooting team. So when those shot, when, when they're shooting threes and they're trying to keep up with the scoring of UConn, I mean, that's one thing you, you said it. They, they try to jump it into the post, and most nights they out physical teams, but not tonight. They can't do that against a team like UConn. No, they, they couldn't. It was, it was ugly. It was ugly. Got ugly. And so some of the some of the bullet points I got, UConn wins this yeah. title in program history. Uh, you know, Ken Bay Walker was there. He's pulling up the five. Uh, Walker looked like he was lit. Well, he was sweating. It. He looked like he had a couple drinks in him. But that's me being there. For real, he did be. He like, he like, we got five of them down. We got five of them. Uh, and then one thing that's really um, key is that this run by UConn, I didn't like when I'm going to give them props because I said it. For, it seemed like they had a patch in from um, this late December to, to late January that, where they went two and six. And that's because they're trying to figure out a way. They didn't really have a true point guard. And Danny Hurley did a really good job at, at adjusting and, Damn and, and running, running the offense through Andre Jackson, who's, who's, a, a, who's a tall. He's not a point guard. They don't have a true point guard on that team, if you didn't notice. Uh, if you notice, like, like the one kid had four steals on San Diego. They had three his dang name. Um, close to have like two steals. They had uh, God, Lee. Well, who's the one kid? I think Butler was it Tremel or Butler? They they were picked. Oh no, it was a, yeah, it was Tremel had three steals. He almost had four. It's because his ball pressure on some of those guards. So you know, it it kind of it kind of it kind of is 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 like when UConn you know you know runs the offense through a guy like Jackson. He's taller than some of those guys, so he can get in that mid post and he could just you know set set it up for his shooter, set it up for the post guys. Um, but yeah, this team is, is, was dominant. I mean, they're compared to the 2009 North Carolina team. If you, if you guys don't, uh, you know, remember that team was blowing out everybody. They won by a total of 20 points per game, you know, every single game, you know, total, you know, cause, cause every single game they've won by a total of, you know, double digits. Um, and then when you look at Sonogo, he had one of the greatest final four runs of all, like of all time. He's one of four players in the last 40 years of the tournament to average 20 points per game and 65 um, and 65% from the average 65% from the field. Who are the other guys? Let me tell you, you got Akeem Olajuwon, Christian Leitner, and Corliss Williamson. <laughs> so that's a, hell, that's a hell of a group right there. That's a hell of a group. That's a hell of a group. Them damn Hurleys, man. Like they just... All they know is winning. All they know is greatness. You, Bobby Hurley from his days at Duke playing and winning, and he became a successful coach in his own right. Now you got Dan Hurley doing his thing. Dan Hurley has a son who's probably going to become a coach when his playing career is all said and done. Uh, but real quick, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Brian Butcher. Like, man, just – and they made a – they kind of highlighted it. It's like 30 years after – back-to-back national championship appearances with the Fab Five at Michigan, 
mm-hmm. he finally gets another crack at it and he just comes up short again this is the hats off to him like no one if you'd have told me at the start of the final four that it would be what what was it a four seed two fives and a nine that 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 would be the final four no yeah, way no no you're right i would i would have told you you're crazy I, I i honestly would i honestly thought we were at least gonna get alabama and houston in the national i i picked alabama i picked duke to win it because i thought duke in the second half of the season other than UConn was, and UConn kind of flew, flew under the radar a little bit, but other than UConn, I mean, Duke was hot as hell coming I, into the tournament. And so I, I picked Duke to win it, but as the tournament kind of went on, I was thinking, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I think Alabama's going to go to the, at least the Final Four, and I think Houston might go to the Final Four, and they got upset, so. Now we'll um, get up a little, like, so you know how ESPN do a little tournament challenge? I enter that pretty much every year. One of my brackets was a UConn bracket, so has shout out to me. But the only, reason, to I, I, the only reason I really picked UConn really is because like dudes like Seth Greenberg and um uh what's all oh, what Jay Billis like they were really like hey we yeah we could like you said like we could talk about Duke but the real sleeper team in this in this tournament is UConn, mm-hmm. and I'm like okay well. Ain't like they, ain't like they, uh, like they know more than I do. So I'm like, hey, let it ride. And, they- <laughs> and it's, a t- you know, it's crazy because I mean, college basketball is one of those things. Like, you know, some of the late teams like UCLA, Stanford, you know, some of those yeah. West Coast teams they play at like nine, ten o'clock. So you know, yeah. And then, and then if you're a real NBA fan and you're watching some prime time basketball, you're gonna watch NBA over some college, right? So sometimes, you know, when it comes down. A lot of guys that pick the brackets aren't the experts. You know, some of the guys that win the brackets are, are, are the people that are like, my dog picked this or my cat picked that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you feel me? Like, oh, they like they they do these weird ways to fill out a bracket and, and, and people always win. Like they try so, to they try to make it a science to it. Like they try to they try to be like, all right, this is the best way to win. And I always know you can't do that because we we like we saw it, right? Like we like we literally just see it. Like Purdue loses to Fairly Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson. It's like you can't. There's no science to predict. The only science that you can go off of is this team is ranked higher than this team. Mm-hmm. The higher ranked team should beat the lower ranked team, and that's that's not a safe science to pick. Like that's not that's that's not the way to go about it. But to the Colin Cowherds who barely touched on the final four because quote no blue bloods are in this thing. You, you you fooled yourself because that San Diego State FAU game was a classic. That oh, was, it was a classic. definitely a classic. Down to the wire. Down to the wire. Like, Lamont Butler was 0.5 inches away from stepping, stepping out of bounds. Out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know this tournament. You know, looking back on it, man, we could touch on it. I mean, this tournament is what what um, it pers- this tournament personifies a single elimination. Type yeah. of tournament. This is this is why we kind of want this in college football a little bit, right? This is this this personifies that. You know, there are some teams out there. They might be ranked lower than Houston. They might be ranked lower than Purdue. They might be ranked lower than Bama, but they are better matchups. They they are better matchups for them. And we kind of we kind of saw in this year's this this most recent college football playoff, right? We saw TCU take Michigan to the woodshed. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly, because it was a, it was a bad matchup for Michigan. Because it, like it's, it's it's one game. It's all she wrote. It's when go home. This mm-hmm. right here, like again, fairly Dickinson just straight took it to Purdue. Got him out the way. Miami had a hell of a run, but everybody was still talking about who in the tournament. Duke. Miami had the ACC Player of the Year, and you're just like, oh, you gonna keep paying attention to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's because you know Duke's the the blue blood. I mean Duke, and the thing the thing about Duke is like, oh man, they they were hot as hell down the stretch, and then they wanted like the like the last twelve out of thirteen or something like that. And Derek Lively was coming alive, and Kyle Flipowski was you know he was playing pretty good all year, and Jeremy Roach was playing pretty good all year, and they kind of got it together. You know, I'll touch on it on Friday. I kind of give y'all a little uh, preview, but this Duke. Um, incoming, they got the number two recruiting class coming in. This incoming Duke class next year, John Shire did a hell of a job. Uh, bro, recruiting. I to watch out for next year's Michigan State. That too. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'll touch on it because Michigan State gonna be nasty too. That's bro, what I'm saying. Like, Michigan State, they, Duke, they, they might coming, win. they coming. Those blue bloods is coming team. back next year. They might be the team to break the Big Ten curse, man. The Big Ten got a they got a they got a bugaboo going on right now. They this is like the third year in a row that the Big Ten has produced nine teams for the tournament, and they barely some of these teams they barely make it past the first weekend. The, the furthest team was who? Indiana. Indiana made it to what? The Sweet Sixteen? No, no, no. Uh, I think the furthest team might have been Michigan State. Might have been Michigan State. Michigan, if but I'm not he mistaken, eight, right? Michigan State and Penn State made it the furthest, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and yeah. Indiana, Indiana made it to Sweet Sixteen too. So like, yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think Penn State made it to. I think Penn State only made it to the round of thirty-two. Michigan think, State, I think, made it to. I think Michigan State eight. made it to the Elite Eight, but this like, hey, but like this, that. yeah, this game right here, this championship game, like, I think it was like when, like, UConn, Miami, FAU, and San Diego State. It was like, yeah, it, it was kind of like, yeah, all right, UConn, y'all gonna get this one because. I, I I really don't see any other teams beat beating them. Like I didn't see like we already just saw what happened to San Diego State. So mm-hmm. we know UConn would have beat them. UConn beat them. I think UConn would have beat Miami, mm-hmm. and they, and they would have beat FAU. I think UConn UConn was a bad matchup for a lot of teams. UConn's a bad matchup. I think UConn UConn's just the most solid team. I mean, they're top fifteen in defense. They're because, top fifteen in offense. They're just they're just the most balanced team. From from the only knock that you can have on Utah is they don't have a true point guard. That's and it. Think, and I think the only thing that would have gave them problems against FAU and Miami is those two teams are long. Right. They, they, at the guard they, position. Right. They long as hell. And I know FAU, they got that one big dude that's uh, that's like 7-2 or whatever. So Sonago probably would have had an issue with his length. But he just bodied his little ass up and got him in foul trouble real quick. Like we saw I think another team that would I think another team that would have gave UConn some problems that they kind of would have met is Purdue. Like as much as I want to say like Fairleigh Dickinson up Penn State kind of you know uh gave them a run for their money in the Big Ten championship and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think the size of Zach Eady would have gave Sonogo some problems. It would have gave some of them. But the thing about UConn is that they have three big bodies to throw Body. at Zach Eady. <laughs> like it's not just one dude; it's three dudes. They had their own tall, lanky dude, and it's like. But I think the, I think the women, I think the, the, the elephant in the room that we have to talk about, and I don't know if you have a graphic built for it, 
is the fact that the girls' game was better than this game. Oh, the girls' game was way better than this game. I don't have a. I didn't. I touched on the LSU Iowa game uh, in the, the the episode, the pre the review, the episode before this. Um, but yeah, the nine point nine million viewers TV. They had to compete with Wrestle. Well, on the same day as WrestleMania. Same um, day as WrestleMania. They, but the, the the thing is, is that is that it, it, they they were smart about it. And they're like, okay, we're gonna do this in the afternoon instead of like midday. Kind of, and I kind late of complained evening. about it late evening, and so we don't have to live, really have to compete. Compete with WrestleMania will be like the 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 prelude to it. And, and what kind of at Red Talk, and what helped them out was the fact that WrestleMania has is, is going to this format of a uh, of a two day format now. Yeah, right? so, yeah. It's like like you remember back in the day, WrestleMania was just one day. A, yeah, one day and a six seven hour show. That's a mm-hmm. long ass time. Yeah, it used to be all day. Oh my, it used God. to be an all day thing. 2 p.m. So I'm by, glad they split it up a little bit there. So by them, right? So by them splitting it up, like it's like, all right, you can start at two o'clock, two thirty. We don't start till maybe three o'clock. Five. Right. We won't. We, we don't start like, like four. Like we don't start like four o'clock, five o'clock. By that point, y'all will get y'all will just be getting done. Mm-hmm. We'll be kicked. Like we'll be like getting ready to start, and we'll go from there. But yeah, I. I Man, that game like that. <laughs> see the thing about see even even though Iowa lost by seventeen points, I said I think I said this is that at least Iowa made those runs in the second half that yes. made you kind of be on the edge of your seat like oh shoot Iowa Iowa I was down seven oh shoot I was back oh they went back up oh I was back down eight now you know what I'm saying like they yeah, went like, on those was... runs they went on like three four runs in the second three, half four. where it was like oh shit and I think I think they got it down to. They got it down to like I think the closest was like five or, or yeah, I think it was like seven or something like that. So like after the, being down seventeen, like the most important, like the most important minutes of the game are easily like like easily the first five at the start of the game, the first five coming at the halftime, and the last five minutes of the game. Like the first five dictate how that's gonna go. Like all right, what like what we got? That gives everybody a chance to be like. It's basically a fill-out process. Like, what, what kind of game y'all trying to run? How are the refs going to call the game? Like, like stuff like that. That first five out of halftime is for it's important for both teams because if you up big, those first five minutes is like, all right, we got we to gotta keep our foot on their necks and keep them down. Yada, yada, woo, woo. If you down that half, it's like, all right, these first fives, if we down 10, we got to cut it to five in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. And the last five, it's like, all right, once again, if you up, all right, we got to put them away. Put the kids to bed. It's night, night time. And if that's, kind of what, that's kind of what happened in this game, right? If you look at it, the last yeah. seven minutes, San Diego State went on that little run and cut it to five. And I even said it in the preview. I said, I think, you know, this game is a game of runs. Basketball is always a game of runs. NBA, college, high school, it doesn't matter. It's a game of runs. And whoever goes, and I said, whoever goes on this last run, I think UConn, they're going to go on that last little 8-0 run, 10-0 run to kind of put them did. over the top. And that's exactly what they did. They went on that last little 8-something, 10-something run, and they put, put them to bed. They put them to bed. I think I think the difference in between both games, meaning the men and the women's, is these teams, you, the UConn's the, the, and San Diego State, especially UConn, and you touched on it, recruiting is bigger on that side of the field because a lot of these dudes are one and done and they transferring in and out. Yeah, yeah, woo, woo. UConn, 
on the I mean, UConn, Iowa on the women's side, LSU on the women's side, their best players, most of their best players are coming back. Caitlin Clark is coming back. Andrew Reese is coming back. Yeah, because they're, they're not eligible. They're not eligible. Jasmine Carson is coming back. Alexis Morris is coming back. Like they, they have a lot of players. A lot of their best players are coming back. And Iowa, please, for the love of God, get Caitlin Clark some help. <laughs> that child he had no help. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what's crazy. You know what's crazy with that game is that we gotta we gotta give I gotta give I gave Kim Mulkey praise. You know, and and, and I, I touched on the whole taunting stuff and and you know it turned into like a race thing, you know, it turned into a race thing and all of that yeah. stuff. And 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 it, it took away from it took away from stuff. the game. It took away from the game. And I hate that. The hell of a game plan that Kim Mulkey had. You know, because the obvious game plan for Iowa was, oh, we're going to double team Angel Reese. Angel Reese. She touched the damn ball. We're double teaming her. We're getting the ball out of her hands. That was the game plan for Iowa, and it backfired on them because of all those threes. Jasmine Carson was open. Poa hit those threes. Hey, but, I hey, mean, but you hey, know, you know talk, Angel, talk, um, talk, Alexis talk, Morris. If that's the game plan, if that's the game plan, and it's like you like if I'm you, if I'm Iowa, I'm living with the fact that, all right, Y'all, hey, you gotta prove to me that you can hit these threes. Now, when Jasmine Carson hit her first three in a row, that's when y'all should have been like, "All right, jump out on her, jump out on her, right, right, like jump out on her." Like, see, y'all, y'all, y'all let her hit five threes in a row. I mean, five threes in the first half, which kind of allowed Angel Reese because she was on the bench with foul trouble in the first half. That yeah, three of their guys, three of their players, the three starters were on the bench in the first half. In the first, in the, yeah, in the first half. And that's kind of where people are getting on the officiating because it's like. Like like how are how is Iowa's best three players like three out of they started five get four fouls like how are y'all like y'all like and, and so second half so I think I think that was a lot of Kim Mulkey in the in the ref's ear because the first hey, half bro. and first half Kim LSU LSU they was they was really LSU they was really calling the physicality fouls on LSU I mean they called that one foul Angel Reese to put her on the bench and she she got a clean direct swipe at the ball. You and know. Kim Mulkey, like, I've seen how many texts have we seen on coaches because they too far on the court, they not in the coaches box, all that. Other. Oh, like, she even we, grabbed the ref. Like, like, bro, like, we literally saw a ref push Kim Mulkey back, and like no, nothing. And we're like, no, we're like, nothing's gonna happen. Like, you can just like you can do that now. Hey, Kim, hey, Kim literally grabbed the ref. She grabbed the ref. She held the ref's arm while she was trying to run down the floor. I don't know if anybody <laughs> noticed that. Yeah, that's, that's what happens when you're a Hall of Fame coach. You get a face. <laughs> <Shit like that. laughs> but I'll say this: like the game plan for for the chair to have the game plan, she said, "Look, Caitlin uh, Clark's a generational talent. She's gonna she's gonna get hers. She's gonna, she's gonna get, get hers. She's gonna get hers regardless. 30, 40, 50, whatever. We gonna lock down everybody else though. Everybody yeah. else. And if you look, it's always been my thing about." That's always been my thing with with, with uh, teams that have one star, right? And they yeah. have a whole bunch of average guys. It's like shut down the one star, and then, I mean uh, let the one star go off and shut down everybody else. She got Jordan ruled. Caitlin Clark basically got Jordan ruled. That's what happened. So Kim Mulkey told her players, "We going into this game. Hey, Caitlin Clark gonna get hers." Like Izzy's point when he comes back, Kaylin Clark gonna get hers. She's a generational talent. Kaylin Clark, and I think this is because mostly because what's her name from UConn 
was out for the rest of the season. Paige Beckers tore her ACL, so Paige Beckers wasn't wasn't able to play. Caitlin Clark became the best player in college basketball, women's college basketball this season, and it wasn't even close. For Kel Mulkey to be like, all right, we can allow Caitlin Clark to get hers. We can allow Caitlin Clark to get her 30 because I don't have faith in those other guys to step up and help her out. And we saw that on Sunday. No other Iowa player scored more than 13 points for Caitlin Clark. Angel Reese, had a, by her standards, had a bad game. 15 and 10 for Angel Reese is a bad game. Think about that. 15 and 10 for Angel Reese is a bad game. Angel Reese had 35 double.